MEPs have agreed to end the sale of new petrol and diesel cars and vans by 2035. Might seem like well into the future, but it's really only 12 years away. And if you think back to 2011, to me, only seems like yesterday. So 2035 isn't that far away. It's being described as a landmark move by the EU, but MEPs also say it must come with an unprecedented level of investment in public transport. We're joined this morning on the programme by Ireland South MEPs for this region, Fine Gael's Sean Kelly and Grace O'Sullivan from the Greens. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Gillian. Nice to meet you and all your listeners in Limerick. Lovely to have you. Well, Sean, I'll start with you first. Um, this vote by the MEPs in the EU, is it a ruling or a recommendation? Oh, it's going to be a ruling. It's going to be applied across the board, and I think it has to be seen in context. We have agreed on what we call the Fit for 55 package, reducing emissions by 55% by 2030 and net zero by 2050. So if that is to happen, we have to tackle the big areas of emissions. Obviously, I'm involved here in the energy performance of buildings. Buildings are responsible for 36% of emissions, but also transport is a huge one. And uh, we speak a lot in Ireland, maybe too much about agriculture. We do not speak enough about buildings and not enough about transport. And transport certainly has to be dealt with. And by passing legislation, we are giving a direct, uh, direct input to what we want to uh, achieve, but also sending a signal to the market that this is where they have to go. And, of course, also, as you said, to public bodies to make more public transport available and to make it efficient. And, of course, also for cars and vans, there will have to be far more charging points uh, put in by uh, national governments and local authorities and, indeed, incentivize uh, private householders if they're building a new house or retrofitting a house to try and put in uh, a charging cable there as well. So all those points, I think, are now going to happen because uh, the direction of travel is only one way. Uh, no more... Uh, what they call combustion engine cars and vans after 2035. Grace O'Sullivan of the Greens, obviously this is a policy that your party would be very much behind, but you know there are a lot of people out there who'd love to be driving an electric vehicle and would love to be saving the environment with that, but they simply can't afford one. Yeah, that's uh, exactly um, you know the situation at the moment, Gillian, that the, the price of um, electric cars um, are... Uh, probably too much for for many people, but the prices are coming down, and this legislation um it's uh really uh, um, showing manufacturers um that they need to produce more electric vehicles, but also um you know that the actual internal combustion en- uh, engine that that will be, uh, there'll be no new ones from 2035. So there is a phase-in period. Um, so, you know, certainly we see in Ireland um, how, um, you know, there is an increase in, in the purchase of electric vehicles. There's more infrastructure coming in place to support them. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and um, like I said, hopefully the price will come down. But I think what Sean said is very important, you know, that the reason we're doing this is because, um, you know, in Ireland, 18% of, of uh, greenhouse gas emissions are coming from the road uh, transport sector. 
um, and uh, the direction of, of flow of the European Union is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions um, from cars by 55% by 2030. So this is, is really a move in that direction. Uh, but without a doubt, Gillian, I mean, you know, at the moment with cost of living crisis and that, uh, certainly uh, people are, you know, at the pin of their collars just to to make ends meet. Um, so, you know, really this is the direction um, that we're taking in terms of over the next years that the, the um, incentives, the infrastructure and, and the manufacturers uh, in terms of production will be... Um, you know, uh, scaling up, and then as a result of that, the price uh, of electric vehicles uh, will be competitive, and will uh, eventually, um, you know, they will be um, uh, probably lower than uh, a diesel or a, a petrol car. Well, I, I don't know about that because that a petrol and a diesel car is going to become pretty worthless if you can't resell it. Well, this is the other point. I mean, this is, it's, you know, this is a big signal from the European Union, uh, you know, with its nearly 500 million people, uh, but particularly to the manufacturers. So, you know, to, to scale up. But um, this signal to consumers is that, you know, if, if you are thinking of um, a new car, or maybe now because of this legislation, uh, you might hold off and you certainly probably think twice about buying a petrol or diesel. Um, and the, um, you know, so the sales in petrol and diesel, without a doubt, will come down because there, there won't be a market for them uh, beyond uh, 2035. So there still is, you know, there's a good lead-in period um, uh, before, um, you know, people um, will be under pressure. But I think this, so, so does this rule out hybrid cars as well then? Yeah, th- uh, does this impact hybrid cars? Yeah. Well, um, it, it really is the sale of, of uh, petrol and diesel. Um, so it, it's going to push towards uh, electrification of all all um, cars and vans uh, by 2035. Um, and then, so you won't be able you know, to buy a hybrid car either? Um, I, I suspect not. I suspect not because, um, it, you know, a hybrid will be petrol or diesel operated and the whole, uh, the whole um, uh, direction of, of flow is to actually to decrease the amount of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, carbon coming from cars. So it's to move away from that. And the first step is cars and vans. And then, you know, this will also impact other forms of um, transport in time. So it'll be um, in relation to trucks uh, and tractors uh, and other, but that's further down the line. And, you know, aviation, uh, maritime, all different modes of of, uh, transport that's currently run on fossil fuels. Are we going to have electric airplanes, Sean? (laughs) Not immediately. Definitely not. But again, there'll be a change in the fuel used in aviation. Mm. So this is more efficient. And the same as uh, Grace was saying in relation to heavy-duty vehicles, uh, while they're only 2% of the road usage, they're 25% of the emissions, so that's a huge area that has to be tackled. But in relation to your question there about the hybrid cars, I think highly efficient hybrid cars will be allowed for quite a while to come because the Commission will be doing a report every two years. And, of course, there will be areas maybe where there won't be sufficient infrastructure 
to uh, carry the amount of electric cars you'd require. So that's where the report every two years would look at it. But the, uh, the combustion engine cars that will be banned from 2035. And then obviously with uh, production at scale, one would expect that the price of uh, electric cars and hybrid cars would come down. Yeah. The same has happened, for instance, with renewable energy, wind and solar were absolutely, uh, totally exorbitant prices in the beginning. But when they're produced at scale, they're now cheaper than gas or coal or oil. So Sean, what about the motoring industry, though? What about, you know, jobs in garages, in repairs, in motor trade, all that kind of thing? Because from what I hear... You know, your electric vehicle doesn't break down. It doesn't need the same kind of le- uh, level of servicing. So has have studies been done on how many jobs are going to be lost if we um, switch co- to completely electric vehicles? Well, that's where the, the, the two-year report will be very important and the Commission will be doing impact assessments. Obviously, if we are only switching from one type of car to another, that shouldn't affect the manufacturing of the cars and the vans, and they will still require a certain amount of servicing. They may not obviously require as much because that's one of the advantages in an electric vehicle. You won't have to spend as much in servicing it. So obviously there's going to be a slight knock-on effect there for definite. And what about the, the batteries in electric vehicles? They need replacing every few years, don't they? Yes, and again, there's a huge discussion here in Europe about how we're going to produce batteries, uh, where the raw materials are going to come from. At the moment, we are heavily dependent on China, so there's a big move in relation to try and utilise our own resources and also get resources from uh, friendly countries, we would call them, for instance, uh, Australia and others, who have uh, lithium, etc., that would be required. They are looking at ways to ensure that we will have the supply of that. And that's why we have uh, mentioned so importantly that a review every two years to see how things are going, if you need to adjust, and it's not working, obviously, then you'll have to look at that and see how we can make it happen. Grace, that sounds to me that if, you know, if it's discovered that this was too ambitious, it could be pushed out again and again and again, and it may not happen by 2035. Um, Gillian, I would say if we look at the climate and energy targets that are set by the EU uh, under the European Green Deal, that um, in fact we will meet these, um, this ambition. Um, and I think you know there was a kind of welcome in the European Parliament um, that this legislation that it actually uh, passed. But I think what's really important to say, um, in addition, um, you know that. In terms of modes of transport and mobility, it's really important that there's also serious investment going into public transport and in accessible uh, and affordable um, transport options for uh, for people, you know, families, uh, communities, and that. Um, so that that will, you know, help us to reach um, those the climate and energy targets. Um, and then just to go back to the point uh, Sean was raising about, um, you know, the, uh, you, you said about the loss of jobs, but actually the jobs that will be created through this move will be sustainable, like uh, clean, more cleaner jobs into the future. So we get okay. kind of 
we get more bang for the buck in the sense that we lower the greenhouse gas uh, emissions and we also clean, we'll have a cleaner environment, so less um, air pollution, which is a huge uh, problem in Ireland. Uh, there's uh, huge you know, numbers of, of premature deaths as a result of air pollution. So this will uh, be positive in that regard. Sean, a listener's been in touch with us to say that electricity has never been as expensive. I mean, people are looking at their bills now and realising that they're paying around double what they paid maybe 10 years ago for the exact same uh, usage in their homes. And you're, you're talking about making us all drive electric cars. You have to understand that people are very worried when they hear that. Yes, I can understand that uh, the price of electricity has gone up enormously because uh, it has been related essentially to the price of gas, which because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine has gone through the roof. But uh, even last night we were in the European Parliament and uh, the president of the Central Bank, European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde, was there. She said that she expects that the things have now peaked that inflation is again coming under control and going down in the last couple of months and that there's a good hope that things will stabilise. But I do agree completely that as of now, price of electricity is extraordinarily high and not all the electricity, of course, is actually coming from clean sources either. So this this is a, a long process which has to be monitored as we go along. But at the same time, it's the direction of travel which we need to go if we are to meet our climate targets and save the planet uh, for the next generation. So it's a question of balancing what can be done and adjusting as we go forward and, of course, uh, incentivizing and helping people uh, to ensure that they will not be put under too much stress. But I understand perfectly that point. Uh, as of now, it's very valid indeed. Grace, somebody has been in touch to ask, what about the making of lithium batteries? What impact does that have in the environment? And I have heard that point raised before as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. We hear that. And it's uh, here in the European uh, Parliament, it is a, a point of discussion. Um, I suppose if you look back um, in terms of the extraction of fossil fuels and the damage they've done, that's done, um, I mean, it makes sense that we move away from uh, um, fossil fuels for multiple reasons, climate change, pollution, uh, air pollution and that. But in terms of lithium, um, definitely we have to look at where these, um, uh, where lithium is being sourced and the uh, conditions, the environmental conditions, but also the labour conditions in which um, the, the materials, the raw materials um, are uh, sourced uh, for the batteries. Um, so I suppose in the European Union now we talk much more about um, the the need uh, to um, to, uh, to be fair and to be um, conscious of where resources are coming from, um, and to make sure that that. Uh, the resource we need for batteries, that the extraction is done in a, in a fair way. It's um, it, there, there will be impact, and um, you know, I, I mean, it would be wrong to say there won't be um, some impact from uh, extracting resources. But at the same time, um, you know, we, as Sean was saying, we, we need a balance. We need to find uh, a balance uh, to sustain, um, you know, uh, the way that we we want to um, 
they develop. Um, and uh, I think as well, um, yeah, it's, it's important uh, that we're conscious that we're looking into it, we're talking about it, it's on the agenda here in the European Parliament all of the time. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, there will be impact. Um, okay, Sean, Tom has been in touch... And he says, with the, with the dangers of power cuts that we were warned of this winter, how could our grid capacity possibly handle the demand if all our cars were electric, especially if solar or wind is the proposed solution in the future? I mean, the point is often made there are days the wind doesn't blow and, you know, we don't get as much sun. Would we really be able to manage uh, providing electricity for the entire country driving electric cars? That's again absolutely correct as of now, but things are changing and changing rapidly. And if we, for instance, meet our targets in relation to offshore wind, which we have planned, we'll be producing way more electricity than we require. And if we develop the super node, which Eddie O'Connor and others are involved in, because I meet them here in Parliament occasionally, including Pat Cox, former president, then we would be able to export that uh, to Europe. So long term and it's not really that long because it's going to be over the next 10 years or so you're going to find major improvements in terms of solar and renewable and interconnectivity where if the wind isn't blowing someplace else then the sun will be shining there and we'll be able to trade and ensure there's backup the moment is because we have too much dependency on russia for our fossil fuels that's changing and changing rapidly so it's a short-term problem which will be solved by becoming independent, essentially, in Europe for our uh, clean, renewable energies, which will be there in abundance in a few years. Okay, well, we'll leave it there Gillian, for this morning. Gillian, yep. can I, I just come in on that? Because, I mean, it took us years in Ireland to actually make uh, enable the legislation to actually to move forward with um, offshore a renewable development and we will have a, a new uh, agency in place called MARA which will be a, re- a regulator around the whole um, development of offshore but like Ireland's really behind the curve on this like we should have been doing this years ago so finally we're in a position where we can get a move on now and actually create and produce that clean em- energy not only for our own uh, the Irish market but also um, to uh, export abroad. Okay, well, we thank you for your time this morning. Irish MEPs Grace O'Sullivan of the Green Party and Sean Kelly of Fine Gael. I know it's a story that we will come back to many more times between now and 2035. But for this morning, thanks for your time. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95.